All right, hey, good morning, everybody. If you're a guest visiting with us this morning, we are so glad you're here. This will be a little bit of an atypical Sunday because today is Baptism Sunday at SEC. Yeah, we love celebrating baptism here. I'll try to make it really, really clear why that's so in the next couple minutes. So listen, a couple things we need to know. The practice of baptism was absolutely central to the early church. Baptisms are an ancient practice. We've been doing them for thousands of years. We've observed them across every continent, every culture, and every country. And uh, baptism is actually called a sacrament of the church. And the idea of a sacrament is you, you take something ordinary, in this case uh, water, right, and you, uh, you use it to illustrate something extraordinary, something supernatural. In this case, new life, the forgiveness of sin through Jesus, right? So to help us better get our arms around this baptism thing, I just want to start with a moment of confession uh, how many of you have ever done at least one thing that you've been really embarrassed about that you'd like to take back or that you just felt great shame, regret over? Raise your hands real high. Yeah, okay, if your hand's not up, you're about to do that, okay? So just fair warning for you. Well, so I'll tell you one of my moments. Uh, a couple of years ago, well, it wasn't a couple of years ago, a couple, uh, a couple of summers while I was in seminary, so this goes back more than just a couple of years, Jackie and I worked at a Christian camp outside Manitou Springs, Colorado. And back then, in Manitou Springs, Colorado, there was an amazing ice cream shop. It was called the Big Olaf. They had these uh, waffle cones that were to die for, and it's actually the best ice cream I've ever tasted. And I would ask Jackie to go there often, and sometimes I would choose to go there without Jackie. Well, one day I decided I was going to make kind of a stealth visit to this ice cream shop. I didn't plan to tell my wife about this visit. So when I get back, my wife says to me, first thing out of the gate is, did you just go to the Big Olaf? And so, like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? What do I say? Like, because I wasn't going to tell her, right? So, so the tactic I chose, well, I'm, I'm just going to act indignant, right? I'm just going to act like, how dare you ask me that question? And at one point, I actually said to her, I want to know why it is every time I go missing, you assume I'm at the Big Olaf. And so she looks at me for a minute. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I broke through. I'm, I'm going to win this. And she goes, well, it's probably because of the chocolate ice cream all around your face. Yeah, talk about embarrassing, right? But listen, here's our human problem. It's not just my problem. It's not just that we embarrass ourselves occasionally. It's not just that we do uh, things wrong or fail God or wander away from God uh, or that, that we slip up, right? This is a bigger problem than just little white lies. Here's how the scriptures say it, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What this verse tells us is that there is a gap between us and a holy God, uh, a holiness gap that needed to be made up, and that's what Jesus came to do. Now, interestingly, the word baptize, it literally means to dip 
or to immerse. It was a word that was originally borrowed from the fabric and dye industry. So the idea was uh, somebody who specialized in fabrics, if they wanted to create a red garment, they would baptize that garment into a red solution. And when that garment came up out of the water, it would be forever identified as a red garment. And in the same way, baptism is meant to identify us as followers of Jesus, to out us on that. Now, when Jesus was growing up, the practice of baptism was actually already around, although in a different form. In that day, if somebody outside of Judaism wanted to convert to Judaism, uh, that conversion would be expressed through the act of baptism. It was kind of a way of saying, hey, this person who was an outsider, they were an outsider, and now they are part of the family of God. And we've kind of kept, that's one of the meetings that we've embraced as it relates to baptism. And so the idea was practiced, you know, it was practiced by Israelites. It kind of began to spread. And in Jesus' day, remember a guy, his name was John the what? John the Baptist, right? Now the reason they called him John the Baptist wasn't because he was a Baptist, okay? They called him John the Baptist because he went around baptizing people. See, it's not like that Baptist was a denomination back in that day. I mean, Jesus didn't have other cousins like Simon the Methodist or Bubba the Episcopalian. Okay, I'm just saying that wasn't there. This was actually a way for Israelites to say, look, I want to be known as one who is grateful to God for all he's done for me. I want to be known as one who loves God. I want to be known as one who is part of the family of God because of what Jesus has done for me through his death his burial, and his resurrection for the forgiveness of sin. And that's what these men and women that you're going to see baptized today, that's what they're proclaiming. That's what they're stating. And they're going to be showing you and I kind of an illustration, an ordinary illustration that represents a profound spiritual truth. And that is that when somebody says yes to Jesus, they participate in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And so we're going to show you physically today what is already true of these folks spiritually because of their faith in Jesus. So here's what I want to invite you to do. Check out your screen. You can hear a little bit of their stories. And then I'll invite a few of them up. We baptized four people in our first service today. We're going to do a couple more here in this one. And I'll introduce to them to you in a moment. So check out your screen. I've had an interesting path through life this far, and I'm only 20, 26. Uh, I was just looking for a relationship with God because my family's always been into church, and uh, I went to church growing up, but I feel like deep down as a whole, I've never experienced who God is and what his message is to me. You know, I've always felt like I was out there, and, but I'm tired of being lost. He died on the cross so that I can make mistakes and be forgiven for them, uh, and just be able to be with him long term. I love Jesus and I want all of you to know it. He died for our sins. He 
died for me on the cross. I chose to be baptized because after all I've been through the past year and a half, it's been a real trust in the Lord to get me through all my illnesses in, in the long, hard road that I've had to travel through. I was baptized as a baby. I grew up in the church, so I felt like my you know, my spiritual foundation was pretty strong until I started coming to SCC, and then I realized that I had a lot of room to grow. Uh, so I started digging into my Bible and, um, you know, realized that baptism is my next step. Died for our sins on the cross. He promised that he will take care of all of our sins and that we don't have anything to worry about and that um, we have an everlasting life with him. Isn't that beautiful? So one more thing I do want to say, we do try to be, uh, we're very celebratory on Sundays like this because we believe that when people make a decision for Christ, they are making a decision that's profitable, that brings life change, not only in this life, but in a way that just ripples out into eternity. And so, um, you know, as we celebrate today, like as I introduce these folks, I need for you to let them know how grateful you are, how excited you are about their yes to our Jesus. Can you guys do that? Yeah. And listen, we'll see. I'm not completely convinced from that response, but we'll see, right? So, hey, listen, Scarlett Herzog, would you come on up here, hon? Come on up. Give it up for Scarlett. Awesome. And then last but not least, Chris McLean, would you come on up? Oh, man. Hey, welcome, you guys. Listen, you are such an encouragement to us. I mean, listen, this is the reason we do church. You represent the hope of life change, and we believe that churches should traffic in life change. And so we're grateful for you. In fact, um, we've been praying that uh, today would kind of be a day for both of you uh, where it would just be a draw a line in the sand, like a day where you would say, where you'd have a realization of, look, though none go with me still, I will follow. I won't look back. I'll only look forward and toward Jesus. But we know that if you're going to do that, if that's going to be the kind of resolve that you're going to have, you're going to need encouragement. You're going to need uh, lots and lots of encouragement. You're going to need people in your life that believe in you. You're going to need people in your life that cheer you on. You're going to need a little community in your life that just faithfully points you to Jesus over and over and over again. And so I want to begin that right now today in your life, and I want to do that by inviting folks here in our congregation to speak in uh, to the two lives represented here today. So um, listen, Scripture says this. It says, uh, uh, let us encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, right? And so we want to just be encouragers of one another. So if you're here today, uh, you're sitting where you are, and you know, you know one of these folks, or you've uh, bumped up against one of them, maybe you've prayed for them, maybe you've uh, been with them in a small group, maybe you worked with them, maybe one of them was a neighbor, I don't know what the story is, but, but you know one of these folks. I want to give you the opportunity to stand and to just uh, 
encouraged. Now, listen, uh, Scripture says this about itself. It makes incredible claims for itself. No other book makes. And one of those claims is it says that Scripture is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so what that means is that as we speak a verse to another brother or sister in Christ, it isn't just our encouragement. They get God's encouragement behind that as well. So we love scripture here. So if there's a verse that you would like to speak uh, to either uh, Scarlett or Chris, you can do that and we would encourage that. Now uh, the way this works is you'll just want to stand up right where you are. We will bring uh, Mike to you. Who are my runners today? Okay great, we've got runners. There's one. Is it just one runner? Oh, sure. Okay, great. All right. So uh, here's our runner. So they will come to you. They will hold the mic uh, for you. And um, I would just say this, be brief so that uh, everybody that wants to share has the opportunity to share. No preaching. That's my job. Okay. All right. So, hey, let me just pray uh, as we get ready to, to do this time together. Hey, God, would you just encourage Scarlett? Would you just encourage Chris? in these moments, would you use us to just uh, create a moment for them of resolve? And would you help them to live out of that resolve every waking moment of every single day, as many days as you would give them? We ask and pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So yeah, so who'd like to begin? very forgetful so I wrote a couple notes so you have to I didn't want to forget to say anything but I am Scarlett's aunt and I am just so proud of her for making this commitment and uh, moving forward and coming to be baptized I remember her as a young girl growing up in the church with uh, her brother and my daughter and son and and as she grew up then she went off and was married and went a different direction but over the span of all the years, I know the, the joy that she's had, but then also the heartache, the um, loss of family members, of her mom, and lately the medical issues that she has gone through. And I just want to say, look where God has brought you to today, Scarlett. Um, right back into his arms, into the fold of a good church family that will be supportive of you and continue to help you. For scripture, I thought of um, in Philippians, first Philippians 4, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I, my first thought was, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always. You, you wake up every morning, and I'm just like, that's mm, kind of hard some days because, you know, of all the ups and downs. But then you go to verse 13 that says, I can do th all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's where we, what we have to depend on every day is that he's our savior and no matter what we go through, whether it's little, big, uh, in, no matter where we are in life, that he's going to pull us through and the people around us to, that we have to support us will help us through everything. And I love you so much and I appreciate the fact that you have a family to help you here. Hey, is this thing on? All right. 
Um, hi, Scarlett. You don't know me, and I don't know you, but watching the video, I just felt led to tell you uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding, and seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Hey, Chris. I didn't know that you were even going to church here. But I grew up with Chris my whole life. I don't remember not knowing you. I'm super proud of you. Welcome to peace and hope, and welcome to the family, both of you. Um, Psalms 121, um, it talks about looking up to the hills from where our help comes from. So our help comes from the Lord. So he didn't promise us that we didn't, wouldn't have troubles, that we wouldn't have trials, but he said he would be there to help us. So when we go through those trials, when we go through those um, problems, we can lift up our eyes and know that his, he is right there to help us through it. Hi, my name is Becky McLean, and I am Chris's wife. And today I get to celebrate my husband joining me in our walk in faith and growing our family in the church. And I'm so proud. Hi, my name is Rachel McLean. I am Chris McLean's daughter, and I just wanted to um, tell him how proud I am of him for doing this and connecting with God. So um, I met Chris, what, probably, I'm up here, Chris, to your right. Hello. <laughs> it's not God, it's me. Um, yeah, I met Chris about 30, 30 years ago. We were carpooling down to uh, college together, and I think after that we kind of lost contact till probably, what, maybe a year ago. Um, didn't even recognize you. I mean, you got better looking as we, you got older, I didn't, but... Um, but yeah, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad to kind of reconnect with you. And um, you know, I thought you were cool back then. I think you're really cool now. So, yeah. Hi, uh, my name's Pete. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you guys yet. I just started attending here about three weeks ago, um, but I've seen you around, and I just wanted to say that when God's in your life, it's so easy to feel great and to feel that joy. Um, I just wanted you to remember that there may be hard times, you know, but with God you can get through. And that made me think of my favorite psalm, and I'm just going to read a, a, a short piece of it. Um, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. He'll always be with you, and so will we. So um, I wanted to speak to both of you. Um, Scarlett, you know, we're actually related, and I just thank God for you. And as I've watched and worked with your daughter this last year, and she's been such a blessing, and heard about the trials you've gone through, been praying for you, it's just an honor and a privilege to see you take this step today. And I'm so proud of you, and I look forward to getting to know you and coming alongside you as well as a pastor of outreach. And for you, Chris. Um, got to meet Chris last week, um, and we went through the baptism class together, so I got to share with you, and um, just 
thankful for your testimony and for your ability to, and for your wife to get here. That's so exciting. But, um, but for you to be able to say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And we actually talked about that, about how it's getting out of the front seat. Remember the driving seat and I'm going to get in the back and ride or at least move over to the side and let Jesus be my Lord. So both of you, as long as you keep your eyes focused on your, on the Lord and follow him, just remember that he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're such a fighter, and you've been that way ever since you were a little girl, and I'm just so proud of you today to take that step, and through through your ups and downs and everything that, uh, you know, that you've gone through, you've always been a fighter, and you've always been determined to come out strong on the end, and I love you so much, and I'm just really proud of you today and I had a verse and it's on my phone which I didn't bring with me and I did not memorize it I'm really bad so I apologize for that hi I'm Greg I'm new to this uh, church new to this area I've been here about three weeks now um, this verse has always stuck with me and I wanted to share it with you um, as encouragement and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove your life yourselves the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. Uh, my turn. So here we are in these t-shirts, right? And they say, all things new. It's like, well, what does that mean exactly? And there's a beautiful picture of that. One of my favorite verses is in Colossians chapter 2. Kind of describes our condition, you know, before we knew Christ and then after we came to know Christ. And here's what it says. Here's when Christ acted. When you were dead in trespasses and sins. So in other words, dead people are unresponsive, right? There's nothing they can do for themselves. And when I and then it says, God made you alive with him through Christ. And so what this tells me, and what's so important for us to remember when we think about new life today, is that God didn't just come to make bad people good or good people better. He came to make dead people live. That's what his resurrection is about. It's about power. It's about forgiveness. It's about overcoming. And so God has set you here this morning, and in your second yes to him, your first yes was, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins. This is your second yes, right? It's, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask. And so here you are. And so we've just been, as I said earlier, been praying this would be that draw in the line sand for you. But I want to continue with this description. It says not only did he make you and I alive, but it says that he forgave us all of our trespasses, every single one, all of mine, all of yours. And then it goes on. 
He erased the debt that was against us instead of posed to us. He took it all away, nailing it to the cross. And what we love is that what Jesus nails to a cross, it stays on a cross. So I want you to kind of look over your left shoulder here. You'll see a cross. Um, and we want to invite you guys each to kind of reenact physically what Jesus has already done spiritually in your heart and mind. We just read the description, right, of what he's already done for you. Um, but we want to give you an opportunity to illustrate that and live that out. So you're going to notice there's a hammer, there's some nails, there's some little red pieces of paper there at the foot of the cross. We want you to take one of those little pieces of paper, and I want you to imagine on those pieces of paper is all the sins, all the failure, all the shame, all the guilt of your past life, the one that you died to, and I want you to think about and imagine that all of those were written on that piece of paper. But you don't see any of them. All you see is red because Scripture says that our sins have been covered in the blood of Jesus. And one of the things that means is that when he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your shortcomings. He doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see your shame or your guilt. No, he sees the righteousness of his son. And only Jesus can make that possible uh, for us. I don't know about you guys. I'm just so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the evidence of it that you're demonstrating today in your lives as well. So let me pray for you. And then uh, Scarlett, we'll start with you. Um, no? Chris, we're going to start with you. Yeah. Breaking news. Chris is going first. All right. Hey, man, let me just pray for you guys as you get ready to approach the cross. Hey, uh, Papa, I just thank you for Scarlett, for Chris. God, thanks for their second yes to you. I pray that this would be followed by many, many more in every area of their life. God, I pray today as they approach the cross that you would remind them that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We are all in need of it. None of us stand on higher ground, none. So, Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for your gift, your grace, your mercy, for the forgiveness of sins, and for new life made possible by what you did on a cross. We give you thanks and praise, and we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Chris.
knock down the gates of hell with just one breath. No other king will reign until the I've got a friend He's closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire with me in the storm. So let all my life testify. Hallelujah. We are not alone. God really loves us. His grace is sufficient, so come if you're needing forgiveness or healing, His mercy is enough. Oh, and this is our hope, the cross it has spoken, listen church, death is no more, Christ is the Lord, this is our hope. 
stand in awe of who you are. And Jesus is king, and there's no better king. He is all-loving and all-powerful and all-caring. He pursues us. He makes the dead come to, li- come to life, and he takes those that are wandering from him, and in his kindness, he pushes them back on track. He's a good and a kind father. And when you have a king like that, One of the greatest responses I can think is to just sing, all hail the King. So can we do that as this song helps us to reflect on our stories as Christ followers, as surrendered, saved, gift of life and eternity people that we are. And then let's sing, all hail the King. All right, here we go. There was a moment when the lights went out When death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn Oh, what sacrifice was made As the heavens
is breaking through. When all was lost, he crossed eternity. The king of life was on the move. Listen, church. For in a dark cold tomb, where our Lord the king. Hey, let's do this real quick. God is good. And all the time. I mean, God is good. Now, now I need you to follow me here. God is good. <laughs> all right, we're picking up. And all the time. That's that was, that was pretty good. Can we get really obnoxious with it? God is good. 
All the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm preaching now. Hey, you can take a seat. Would you give some love to one of our pastors here, Daniel? He's going to come share a word with us. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> He's trying to start something, isn't he? That's good. God bless you guys. And I, I am so proud and honored to be a part of this team, especially when we have a pastor that is so passionate about seeing people come to faith in Christ. And uh, it, it filters down all the way through our team, through our leadership and uh, this church. And, and guys, it's the, it's, it is the first step. Say first step. I mean, and we know that, that what we've witnessed today is the second step. In fact, did you know, in the book of Acts, which is the history of the early church, without exception, now listen, without exception, every single person who testified or professed Christ was baptized by immersion. Let me say it again. There were no exceptions. Every single person that Scripture mentions that trusted Christ followed the Lord in what we call believer's baptism. Now, so it, it is, it's, we don't believe it's what makes you a Christian, but we do believe it is very, very important to take that next step of obedience. Amen? And so I know even as you've witnessed this, your heart got stirred, and there are a lot of you that are saying, hey, next time. But you said that four times ago. Okay, so what we want to do, if, if you've trusted Christ, this is our invitation to you, share in this experience, because it is a step of faith, it's a step of obedience, and we will celebrate, celebrate with you for sure. I want you to, I want you to watch a video, um, and the volume will be turned up, you'll be able to hear it, and I want you to see if you can identify with one of these people that are at this scene. It's kind of like that verse where it says, and one day all of us will die. And it says, it's appointed a man who wants to die. And after that comes a judgment. There's a judgment seat of Christ, we know. And this is kind of a, a humorous take on it. But I think we're going to see ourselves. So let's watch this, and then I'll come back. Next. File, please. Mm-hmm. Some lying, some stealing, and some acts of kindness here and there. I tried to live a good life. Well, let's see how good. This way. Next. Bio, please. Okay, I admit it. I did a lot of bad things. Yes, I see. But I've done good things too, you know, to offset the bad things. Like one time I cheated on a test, but then I cleaned up trash in the park. Mm-hmm. That should balance out, right? Let's find out. This way. That should have balanced out, right? It should have balanced out. Next. Bio, please. Impressive. Oh yeah, I devoted my entire life to make this world a better place. I dug wells in Africa, I donated blood every month, and I ran an orphanage in India. I mean, I just wish I could have done more. Mm-hmm. And is this your subscription? I only read the articles. 
articles. I only read the articles. Next. My mom goes to church. I was baptized as a baby? Take American Express, right? Next. File, please. Whoa. Somebody's been busy. Well, let's get this over with. Sorry, um, I didn't know he was with you. Okay, step on the scale. Not you. Him. Hey, wait a minute. That is totally not fair. That's why it's called Grace. Next. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're all in there, aren't we, somewhere? And you know, and that's, that is uh, our, um, thank you. I, I, we can go ahead and bring those up here. That'd be great. Thank you, Jim. I know, I'm always going to talk. But we, we see ourselves in there almost, uh, you know, everywhere. Because there, there's probably a time in most all of our lives we had the idea that what I needed to do was just be a good person, right? I mean, I think that's pretty common. Or we have that thing that says, okay, I need to do something religious now. You know, I'll get baptized, or I'll go to church, or I'll go to a life group. And that should make me a Christian. Or we think, well, you know, I... My, I, when I was a kid, my mom and dad, they're real committed. They drug me to church, and, and that ought to count for something. But here's the truth. No one in their own good works is ever good enough to be righteous before God. No one in all of their religious activity is ever righteous enough in their own effort to be righteous before God. And there's only one, peop, one person who is righteous, r righteous, and that is Jesus Christ himself. And so that's why it's so important to understand that when Jesus went to the cross and he died for us, that his righteousness gets given to you as a free gift. It becomes a gift to you. Not anything that you could ever earn. Nothing that you will ever deserve. Nothing you can ever achieve. All you can do is humble yourself and receive. And so how it happens to most all of us uh, in that period of time where we're all trying different things, you know, God starts knocking on our heart's door and he, he, maybe we come to church services like this. I know for me, I went to revivals. Any of y'all ever grow up having revival services? Okay, just me and two other people. Well, it was really fun. Uh, no, but, but the thing was, these were like uh, extended days of church. I mean, it was like you cram a whole two months of church into one event, you know. And uh, so you go every night, and I remember, you know, it was like you hear the message of God's love, and, and anyway, I was just hard-hearted, and, and so I just kept, I, I call it white-knuckling. We had pews at this church, and I would hold on to the back of the pew. I'm going, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, because I said, I, I can't be good enough to be a Christian. That was my thing. I was a teenager. I mean, I was a young person. I said, I'll never be good enough to be what I think it means to be a Christian. And how many of you know I was 100% correct? 
None of us can ever be good enough to be what it really means to be righteous before God. So anyway, I made it through that period of my life, but there came a time when I finally felt that knocking and that stirring, and I got convinced of a couple of things. Here's the first thing I got convinced of, that I needed a Savior. I was convinced I couldn't save myself. I was convinced that I'd never be good enough. And then here's the second thing. I got convinced that God's love and mercy to me was greater than my sin. Now here's the third thing I got convinced of. I got convinced that when Jesus went to the cross, he had never sinned, ever sinned. And, and his sinless person went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sins. I got convinced that Jesus' death on the cross really was enough to pay the penalty for my sins. Well, then I, I prayed. I, I humbled myself. I said, God, I need a Savior. And it was, again, it was God. It's always God. He gave me the gift of eternal life. He gave me the gift of grace. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell in my human spirit. And he, and he gave me the gift of eternity. It was all a gift, the gift of forgiveness. It was all God giving something to me. I just had a hard time trusting that. In fact, it's kind of like this. I brought these two chairs up here because there was a historical situation that I had the opportunity to do one time. I went to do a men's uh, retreat in South Africa. It was so cool. I mean, we actually got to do the shark thing, you know, the great white shark thing, and actually went on a safari. It was cool. And we didn't, the best part, though, we were up in these mountains. It's, it was really cool. Cool. Everybody say, it was cool. Good for you. Uh, so... But while we were up there, there were some businessmen, and there's this one guy, and I was getting to be the teacher, and it's at the end of it, and, and he was talking about, he says, yeah, I've been trying to become a Christian for a long time. I said, oh, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I've been going to church, I've been taking my wife and my kids to church. He says, you know, I've been trying to read my Bible with my wife, because that's what some guys, I mean, that's what they've been telling me I need to do. So I've been trying to become a Christian. Well, I'm going, well, you know, let me me help you we were sitting down and we were sitting in chairs and I was sitting in this chair and he was sitting in his chair and I said you know it's kind of like this I said everybody demonstrates faith on a regular basis in fact all of you how many of you know you've already demonstrated some great faith today in that you believe in chairs how many of you know that you know why you're demonstrating faith you believe in chairs because you're sitting in it and you're not even thinking about that the fact that it might fall down on you, right? See, you demonstrated faith that that chair was going to do what it was supposed to do. So, it, so the chair was the object of your faith. You know, it, it's, it's, it could do what you're trusting it to do. So we were sitting in, in our chairs, and, and he was sitting in his chair. I said, you know, it's kind of like that chair that you're sitting in represents all those good things that you've been doing. Man, it's good that you're trying to love your wife better. It's great that you're trying to teach your children the word of God. I said, it's great that you're going to church. Those are great things. It's just none of those things and that chair you're sitting in isn't going to heaven. That's not what gets you to heaven. It's like if that chair was going to heaven, you're sitting, I mean, not going to heaven and you're sitting in it, doesn't matter how sincere you are and how much faith you have, that chair is not worthy of your faith. I said, and there was another chair. I said, so it's, it's this chair. Let's say this chair represents what this cross represents. 
It represents the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and him paying the penalty for all of your sins. I said, and that, that chair represents what Jesus did for you. And what you have to quit doing is trusting in that chair and you have to get up and sit in this chair. I didn't even ask him to do it yet. He gets up and he goes, man, I'm sitting in this chair. See, he was ready. He really wanted to know Christ. I said, well, let's just, let's just make that transaction. Because what you just did, you just said, I'm not going to trust in those things to get me to heaven. I'm going to trust in the one thing that really can get me to heaven and change my life. Does that make sense? See, it's the object of your faith, not how much faith you have. Because there's probably a lot of people that really believe that baptism is going to get them to heaven. There's a lot of people that really do believe that being a great person is going to be enough to get you to heaven. It's just a bad object. So anyway, he prayed. I, we, I said, can I lead you in a prayer? Yes. This, this got, I said, man, I wish I could take you back home with me. Because uh, I, 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 he, he was ready. I said, let's, let's, let me lead you in a prayer. And we prayed. And he invited Christ into his life. And, um, you know, he, and he trusted Christ. He actually said something to the effect, Lord, I don't trust in any of that other stuff. I trust in what you did for me. Now, what I know Scripture says happened to him is that the Holy Spirit came to live in his human spirit. He was born again because that's God's promise, and he was born again. And I haven't seen him in the last, uh, hasn't been two dog years yet, but it's been a few years ago that this happened. But I know God's working in his life because he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And so God's been working in him ever since then. Now, here's our heart for you. We know that there's people that come here on a regular basis. And some of you are here for the first time. And um, I'm glad you're here because this is an invitation for every single man, every single woman, young person, just as simply, as humbly as you can to say, Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. Can everybody say that? Can you say it out loud with me? I need a Savior. You can't save yourself. I need a Savior. We all individually need a Savior, a personal Savior. And Jesus said, that's me. That's me. So what we're going to do, we're going to, uh, Brandon's going to come on up. He's going to play some, I called it earlier, get saved music. And um, he's going to play some music and we're going to pray. Because some of this, some of you, this is a, this is a great day. Because today, you know in your heart that you need to receive Christ. You need to trust him. Quit trusting in yourself. You need to trust Jesus. And it's just a simple thing. Moms, boy, do you need the Holy Spirit, right? Man, you need it. And, uh, and God says, young people, you need, you need the, the life of Christ living in your heart. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Will you bow your heart? Well, you don't even have to bow your hearts or heads. Jesus sees you. He knows you. But I'm going to ask everybody to pray with me out loud. But some of you, you're praying this for the very first time, and you mean it with all your heart, and you know you need a Savior. And so when you pray this, just let the Spirit minister to you, because He will. And God's going to touch us. God's going to minister to us to this morning. So pray with me, everyone, if you would. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for me. Now everybody praying, if you would, okay, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus... I need a Savior. Only you can take away my sins. And I ask you to. 
right now. Lord Jesus, the best I know how, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you right now for hearing my prayer. Now just in your own words, right where you are, in your own thoughts as you say it, will you just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiveness. All of those things are yours. You don't earn them, you just receive them. Amen? You just receive them. They're God's gift to you. Now I'm going to ask you to nail this down today. If you did this today, um, I have some people that are in the corners of the rooms and they have some cards and we want to help you grow as a Christian. We want to help you. Listen, you don't pull yourself out of a pit. How many of you know that? And you can't even crucify yourself. You can maybe hit one arm, but you know, we, we're crucified with Christ, Scripture says. It takes, it takes other people to help you grow and we're here for you. But if you prayed that prayer a while ago, I know people are looking, but that's okay. Uh, they're they're going to be looking when you get baptized too, amen? So, uh, but if you prayed that prayer and you really meant that or you're rededicating your life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand up, okay? Just raise it up. Praise God. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. I want, we're not going to ask you to come forward right now, but I do want to give you a card. Okay, will you keep your hand up? Would our people please hand out these cards? Because uh, we want to ask you to fill them out so we can call you this week or send you an email. We won't come and visit you unless you ask us to. But if you keep your hand up, uh, some of you put your hand back down. Keep them up till you get that card, okay? We want to help you. Amen? First off, folks that have already received Christ, there's a lot of people. Can we just say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Man, this is good. Thank you, Lord. And what we did first service, and you know, you can't ever reduplicate what the Holy Spirit does, but, but um, we invited people just to come up to the front. We did this last week, too. We, we have some opportunity to do it again today. And we're just going to invite people to come and, and just uh, lay themselves at the feet of the cross, empty their heart, things that are on your weight. I know this morning a guy was back here for the first time in several years. His wife had passed away. And, uh, you know, he had just gotten out of fellowship. And, and anyway, this morning it was beautiful to see God start loving on him and healing his heart. There's many of us here like that. We just have holes in our heart. This is part of life. God is a healer. Jesus fills up those holes. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to ask you to stand with us. Would everybody stand? And, and if you want to come and pray, somebody, one of our prayer team members, they'll come and pray with you. Uh, and just let the Lord minister. We're just going to wait on him for the next couple of minutes and just invite the Holy Spirit to encourage our hearts. Feel free to come and kneel. Uh, last service, we asked all of our young moms. We felt impressed to say, moms, we know that you are under incredible weight, incredible stress, and we, we feel your weight. I know we read a statistic this week that said that young mothers are probably the greatest as far as just being full of anxiety and stress just because they have so much to do. And uh, anyway, you come. You come and just pray 
and we're going to be here to encourage you. So, uh, Brandon, let's lay these things down at the feet of the Lord. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of His mercy and love at the feet of Jesus we cry freedom to invite people to come and pray and I felt impressed first service and I want to do it again this service to ask all of our young people that are here if you're in uh, middle school and under high school we we know no we really don't know the stress you guys are under you know parents you know this the stuff that we went through in high school your kids go through in middle school and the things that we went through in middle school you know, with all the identity issues kids go through now in elementary school. It is tough. It is tough. And parents, if you want to come with your kids just to come up here, we're going to say a prayer over your families and over these young people. You feel free to bring them up here. This is just a time to let the Lord minister to us. So you feel free to do that, okay? Feel free to do that right now. Come on. We'll sing a couple more times. Lay them at the feet of Jesus. down we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus the greatness of his mercy and love at the feet of Jesus and we
Father, as we keep praying, Lord, we pray for our young families. God, we, we know that you call, thank you, Lord, that you call people to yourself when we're young, if we'll hear you. And Lord, you've given each of these parents an incredible weight to love and nurture and, and seek to raise their children in the love and that verse that says admonition of the Lord. God, we pray for parents for wisdom and for patience, God, and for understanding. And God, we pray for young people for grace to even accept their parents where they are and even when they're not getting it. But Lord, we do know we need you as families. God, we cry out to you. We say, help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, direct, direct us, lead us, protect our kids, God. We pray protection for our children. And God, wisdom to know how to do that, Lord. God, it's your will for these young people to grow up and to serve you. God, that they wouldn't backslide like some of us did. That, God, they'd know you while they're young and they'd follow you. They'd be lights, God, in their schools all the days of their lives. And, God, we pray that. I pray, God, that the hearts of fathers will be turned to sons and the hearts of mothers will be turned to their daughters and daughters to their moms and healing would happen. Lord, 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 we call on you, God. We call on you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. bless you. Can I ask one more appeal? Okay, just one more thing. I, somebody mentioned this first service. Those of you that pray to receive Christ, no matter how old you are, if you want to make that declaration, we call it public, we won't embarrass you or call your name out or anything, but we will have people pray with you. If you want to just come right now, feel like the Holy Spirit's tell, just come right over to this section of the altar and just stand here. You don't have to do just stand and we're going to get some of our prayer team around you. They're just going to pray and thank the Lord for what he started in your heart. But if you want to do that, just do it right now. Come on, we'll sing a couple more stanzas of this and, and then we'll be finished. Feel free to come right now. It's good. God bless you, men. God bless you, men. Praise God. Bless you. Gather around. Jim, where are you, Jim? Come over here and pray over these young men. Come on. Just lay a hand up on somebody's shoulder and just thank the Lord for this verse. In John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13, it says this, And Jesus came to his own, but his own would not receive him. They rejected him. And it's easy to do that. But here's the promise. He said, but to every single, purpose, or every single person who would receive him. In other words, you're getting up out of the seat you're sitting in, you're sitting in what he did for you. Every single person who would receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the power, the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in him. And he said this, you're not born of the will of flesh or even your own desire, but you're born of God. The Holy Spirit comes to live in your human spirit and he starts changing things and rearranging things, adding things, taking things out. And it's a new beginning. He promises that. 
He doesn't say you'll be perfect. He just says you are perfectly accepted before a holy God because of what Jesus did. Isn't that worth saying amen to? Amen. Look up at me, guys. Praise God, right? Just say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. You did it, not me. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. He started it. Now, I'm going to encourage you. If you haven't been baptized, well, if this is when you really know for sure you're being born again, get baptized. It's just an act of obedience. It's not what makes you a Christian. What you're doing right now is what makes you a Christian. That's when you get started. But this is another step. We'll do it again here in a month or so. And you'll keep growing. Amen. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Amen. Can you say amen to these things? Isn't this good? Amen. Thank you, man. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We, we, we'll sing that one more time as people go back to the seats, all right? Praise God. Praise God. You know, tomorrow night, uh, we have what we call First Mondays. We started here a few months ago. And uh, First Mondays is just kind of like this. It's just really a time. With, we call it soaking music. We just we sing some happy songs, but we'll sing and just let the Spirit of God minister to us and pray, people pray for each other. It's really a good time. It's not that big a crowd, so we're meeting over in the other uh, little sanctuary. The, what, the, what do they call that? The kids' theater room. Yeah, the theater room. I'm learning. I'm still learning. The theater room. And it starts at 6.30. ends about 8. Anybody want to stay after 8? We've got soft music playing. It's just time to press into the Lord, but everyone's invited. And uh, that happens. Also, we invite, you come to SCC, you learn how to serve right out of the gates, especially if you come to second service because we have to stack all these chairs. And so we ask people, say, look, just stack some in the row you're sitting in. It'll help us out a lot. Amen. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the heart that's released through Pastor Brad and the leadership of this church. Thank you, God, for people coming into the kingdom every week, God, every week. And we want to be faithful, God, to help them keep growing. So, Lord, thank you that it's your deal. It's you that does it. You draw them. You, you save them. You seal them. And, God, you're going to keep leading them. Thank you, God. And we get to participate. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Bless every heart and home. And, God, let your goodness be revealed to all of us this week. Let us see you working in our lives. And we say thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Give, give some high fives and some hugs as you leave, as the lights come on so you don't walk in the dark. There you go. Give a couple high fives and God bless you.